I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 270. And I just said my name really weird. Do you ever get on your nerves the way you say your own name? 1,000%. And we do it every damn week. Twice. (laughs) Yeah. Not three. You were going to say three because of Patreon, uh but we don't introduce ourselves on there because you know who we are. Mm -hmm. But you notice how I didn't say no? You you raised your finger. You raised your finger. You're about to say, but, and then you're like, oh, wait, no, she right. Mm-hmm. But you would say, no, three. Okay, you're right. But I always tell you when you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've started watching something new. It's on ID, and it's called Lies, Crimes, and Video. Oh, my God. Because I love 911 calls. I love interviews and stuff. And it has so much video. And, you know, it has all this evidence and stuff. Oh, God, I am in it to win it with this. There's another show that I bet you would really like. It's called Body Cam. Yes. Okay, because I know how much you love Body Cam, and I do not. I do love Body Cams. But this one I love because people, I just don't understand. If you're in a police station and they have been talking to you and they leave the room, don't you know that you're on camera? I know. But these people just, probably because they just killed someone and they're high on that and all the things. But this one girl acted like she had to kill her boyfriend in self-defense. And so she was very distraught, you know? The detective leaves the room and she instantly goes like, from like, hoo, 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 to, you know, like, poised. And at one point she says, I'm a really good actress. To herself? To herself! Oh my God. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, so Karen, who is our, you know, assistant, not really assistant. So she was on vacation, not from us, from her real job. She was on vacation last week, but she messaged me and was like, hey, I was just checking in doing her spreadsheet that she keeps up, like our episode guide. And she said, does Carrie have abilities? Because in this last Sinister Sightings, she said y'all were in October 2023. (laughs) And I was like, and no one blinked an eye because (laughs) I did not even catch that. She was like, y'all can't be. It's impossible. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, didn't even catch it. (laughs) Not at all. Well, over the last week, I have written that it's February and March. So, I mean, they're getting us forward or backwards. Never on time. Well, for some reason, I saved a Word document instead of 23. It was 21. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Why do our brains work like that sometimes? I don't know. Two years were a blur. So, you know, maybe that's right. Well, it's been another week full of rain, 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 and that means headaches, headaches, headaches. That pressure from the rain just does something to my brain. It really does. And I just haven't felt great. And then the rain on top of it. Oh my gosh. Just like, where's the sun? And then the sun comes out and we're like, (laughs) oh, no, not me. Yeah, Uh -uh. it get hot. It does get hot, but then I'll get in your pool. Meanwhile, I said, it get hot. (laughs) What? Not if we can't stop it from being green. You're not. True. I need a dummy's guide to pools, but like, I don't want to read it. I just want you to tell me what it said. I don't understand any of that shit. And two, because you know how you've got to like get some water, put five drops of this in it, shake it up, see Uh what it is. Okay. First of all, I'm going to like, is it this color or that color? Like, I'm never going to decide, oh, it's this color. Yeah. Well, it's a blue and white dress or whatever. Yes. Yes. Have you seen the shoe? No. But I can remember even in science classes being terrible at that. It took me getting in microbiology in college for one of the grad students that taught the lab to be like, no. When she saw me make a slide and was like, no wonder you can't see anything. (laughs) That's not how you do it. Stuff like that, experiments, I cannot do them. Mm -hmm. I will fuck them up every single time. Yeah. 
Okay, what color is a shoe? Oh, wait, I think I have seen that, but I think it's gray and teal. Me too. Some people think it's pink and white. Oh, yeah, no. Mm-mm. I mean, it could be, but mm-mm. We just had Mother's Day. That happened. How was your mom's Mother's Day? It was fun. We went to my sister's house because we saw Colby's mom the day before. And then the day of, we went to my sister's house. There was literally, even though we have more people than we have chairs, there was an empty chair for dad. Oh, gosh. Like it, I mean, you know, it just how it just fell. No, it's like noticeably missing right now, you know. But for Mother's Day, though, I got her a concrete bench so she can sit at the graveside for a little while. You know, she likes to go a lot, but... It's hot, and she's standing there. And it was a little bench. Like, it wasn't, like, this extravagant thing. I got it at Lowe's. Don't talk it down. It was nice. Yeah, it's nice. But, like, I'm not... I didn't spend, like, $300 on this bench. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, oh, I got this ornate concrete <laughs> bench. It's a concrete bench. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's got a couple little florida de on them, but go Saints, so... <laughs> and meanwhile, we still don't have them a headstone. There's that. Why not? I just don't think mom's been ready. Plus, that shit is expensive. I had somebody tell me the other day, because we were talking about it, and they said that they had a friend who, they got one of the black ones, Uh and you know, all engraved and all the things, and it was a year wait for it. What? And $10,000. $10,000? That's more than my first car. Me too? Oh my gosh. I mean, you spend what you want to spend on it, but that is, like, why is it so expensive? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No judgment if you spent that much, but, like, we don't have that much. He ain't going to be getting anything that fancy. No, that's more than freaking redoing your kitchen counters. We never got my papa's headstone. He just has, like... Like a marker? Yeah, like, it, it's like a plaque. Yeah. Well, but she's going to get it to where it's, like, Easterling, and it's got his name and her name, so when she yeah. passes, we just got to put the date. That's got to be so weird, seeing your name name in you know whatever yeah have you decided what you want cremation me too after dad died because there was only just like a couple of plots next to him I felt a little panicky like we need to buy these but I was like no we don't I don't want that you know what does Colby want I think cremation too my mom is so like anti it too I was like well good thing I'm married now because you won't get to make that decision but I said that literally makes no sense mom I said it's ashes to ashes like if you believe that yeah it's ashes to ashes and if anything cremation's more natural than all of the chemicals that you're putting in your body getting ready for the apocalypse (laughs) you're the one that's gonna come back as a zombie My dad had always wanted to be cremated. Well, when Lori got cancer, she started talking about it. And she's like, yeah, I want to be cremated. And he's like, no, you don't. You don't want to do that. And she's like, yes, I do. If you want to be cremated, me too. You can't say it's good for you, but then I have to be buried and, you know, all the things. But it's just because his was, he didn't want to spend a lot of money on anything. That's me too. I mean, now like all my family, like my immediate family has been cremated, but it's so much easier. But you can still do the whole like funeral shebang. Yeah. And then be, if that's what you want, you can even do the visitation and everything. I just don't want people to spend money after I'm dead. Same. I'm like, no, whatever I have left, y'all... Go do something fun. So, go get ice cream cones. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Maybe splurge on a blizzard. (laughs) Just pour some out for me, please. (laughs) No, we're not wasted. (laughs) You know who isn't wasting any time getting extra content? Patreoners! 
Thank you so much, Chelsea R. from Massachusetts. Nadine H. from the UK. Amy W. from Illinois. And Taylor V. from North Carolina. Thank you all so much for joining Patreon. And like I said, if you want all the extra content they're getting, including that episode a week that we talked about earlier where we don't say our names, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Oh, and don't forget that we're going to be in Austin. When, Donna? August 25th through the 27th. That's for the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival. We're going to be doing a live. And Paranormal Bingo. It's going to be fun. And then we're going to do a uh, ghost hunt tour thing. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. An investigation. That. And oh my God, I told Colby that the other day. Because apparently I don't communicate things sometimes. Uh, duh. I think that I tell people things and I guess I just don't. You You tell one of us and then you don't tell the others. Because you do that, like, Colby won't know something, but I'll know it. And then vice versa. Yeah. So I was telling him about Austin, and I said, yeah, we're going to have, like, our meetup. Then we're going to do a paranormal investigation. And he was like, what? Now I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) He's not really, he loves that shit, but it just cracked me up because he was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he said, we don't have any equipment to do that. And I was like, well, we're not going to, like, do it, do it, right? Yes. Oh, what are we going to do about equipment? Well, we have a little bit of equipment, but they have some equipment. Oh, okay. See, me figuring out what we're doing in Austin Live for you guys. And if you want tickets to go to the festival, you can go to the website for the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival and enter code APC and you'll get 15% off your tickets. And that gets you to meet us, to meet all the other podcasters, to attend all the live shows, all the interviews, everything. And then our meetup and the paranormal investigation is completely separate and you don't need tickets for that. I mean, you have to pay to go to do your paranormal investigation and whatever you eat and all that shiz, but you get the point. All I know is for this meetup, I am not wearing false eyelashes because (laughs) I sweated those shits off. Like instantly. You're not lying. Like we made it up the stairs and they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this time I'm bringing a fan. Mm -hmm. I had the pink fan in the hotel. I'm bringing that shit everywhere. Well, last year for the pink fan, you asked me if I wanted one, but you said, do you want a desk fan? And I was like, it is a desk fan. No, it is. But I was like, why are you buying a desk fan? Like for the podcast? I was like, I have one at work. Like I don't need one. And I sure can't use one while we're recording y'all to hear like in the background. So I was like, no. Then this bitch pulls it out at the podcast festival. And I was like, God damn it. I did need one. (laughs) This is Carrie overthinking everything. (laughs) But you bet your ass I'm having one this year. Well, before Donna gets into her story, we got to tell y'all about cult coffee. You heard me right. Cult coffee. Two of my favorite things. (laughs) That's like a perfect podcast name, but it's not. It's coffee. That you can sip while you're listening to podcasts about cults. Okay, y'all know how much I love my sleep, and y'all know that mornings are a straw goal. Colby literally wakes me up every morning, puts my feet off the bed, and sits me up every single morning. God, you're high maintenance. (laughs) And you want to know what cult coffee has to say about it? They say mornings are hard. Let cult coffee be a part of your great awakening. I need them because what I do is I put my coffee brew in, take my like three second shower because I'm already late, (laughs) get that coffee ready and run out the door screeching into work on two wheels. But I am sipping that coffee. Well, cults and true crime go together perfectly. We know this. And so does cult coffee. They offer a true crime and coffee monthly subscription box. Each box has two two ounce freshly and locally roasted coffee and a trending true crime book. And the best part is you can buy that for a one-time purchase of $19.99 or if you did the monthly subscription, it's only $18.99. And again, what's better than 
having your coffee in the morning while you're reading true crime. And this month's book is called The Nanny. It's a book written by Gilly McMahon. It's a fictional book and it's very like suspicious psychological thriller that, you know, it's everything we want. It's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. And again, just sit there, sip your coffee while you're reading it. This month, their coffee is their breakfast blend and their coffee is roasted in Texas. I'm sorry, how do we say it, Carrie? Texas. What I love too is Colt Coffee is founded by a father and daughter and they just love coffee so much that they were like, Colts and coffee, it's got to be it. We love supporting family-owned businesses Now, some people are coffee snobs and they're like, "Mm -mm, I like what I like. I don't know if I want a subscription because I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. First of all, you're going to. Second of all, you got to get their sampler. They have a coffee sample box that's only $14.99 and it has four different coffee blends in it so that you can try each one, you know, without committing. Like Donna on Tinder. And you get to mix and match in the sample box so you can really get a variety to see if you like it. Yeah, do you like medium? Do you like dark roast? Or you're like me and you like it all. Coffee's coffee, I love it. Can't get enough of it. So Colt Coffee is coming at you with 10% off your order. You go to www.colt.coffee and use the promo code CREEP10 and you're going to get 10% off your order. So again, that's colt.coffee and enter code CREEP10 one zero for 10% off your order. And again, they have their true crime and coffee monthly subscription boxes. And y'all, the packaging is so cute. It's black packaging and it's got this white label, but it's like a skull and crossbones coffee cup. The skull part looks more like an actual skull. I don't know. It's so cute. Y'all gotta check it out. You know, packaging is everything. It truly is. So for 10% off your order, go to www.cult.coffee and use promo code CREEP10, that's one zero, for 10% off your order. Okay, this story I'm telling y'all about is from Paranormal Witness Season 5, Episode 2. Now, this happened to some college girls, but they're not the ones who reached out to be on the show. The founder of Savannah, Georgia Research Society, Ryan Dunn, he's the one who reached out. He and his team, who includes his wife, Kim, they helped the girls out. So he reached out to the network and was like, oh, do I have a good story for y'all? This is one of the creepiest investigations yet. So I'd start off by saying that just because, you know, when I cover something that's on a TV show, sometimes it's like, is this true? Or are they just looking for compensation or anything? Well, the girls didn't reach out for this. They're not seeking any kind of money or recognition from this incident. Like this happened to them. They're retelling it in hopes that it will help other people. So picture it. Savannah, Georgia, 2015. Everything that happens in this story took place from February to May of 2015. It was senior year in college for Kristen Hagland. She was attending a college with like a really great arts program. She was an animation major. Her besties were also creatives. Stacy Gilbert was a film major and Lindsay Hubbard was her other bestie and she was also in animation. Now they kind of reminded me of me, you, and Tiffany because Stacy was the quiet one, whereas Lindsay and Christian were the loud ones. And I'm like, maybe that's just how it works in a group of three. Has to. Well, for their senior year, they all wanted to live together off campus. However, they weren't finding anything that fit their needs. 
and they were kind of down to the wire, ran across one more house to check out. It wasn't in the best neighborhood, but inside, the house was everything they wanted. And none of them were local to Savannah. I know Stacy and Lindsay were from North Carolina, and Kristen was from New York, because her dad, Scott, had drove to help them when they closed on the house. And Scott was like, look, just like any parent, I'm not too sure about this living situation, but I know Kristen was at the best school for her, and to prepare her for her future in animation. So I'm not going to stand in her way. If this is where she wants to live, this is where she wants to live. Well, the girls got moved in and on their first night, they were welcomed to the neighborhood by hearing random gunshots, which had them on edge. And then there was a loud knock at the door. So they were all huddled together to go answer the door. And there stood an older woman who said everyone in the neighborhood called her mama. She was checking to make sure they were supposed to be there because they had had issues with squatters and stuff in the past and she saw lights on. So she was just doing a check. So as scary as it was to hear that their house kind of had a bad reputation and a bad neighborhood, it was comforting to know that there was someone like Mama looking out for them. But the first night wasn't the only weird thing that happened to them, of course, or I wouldn't be covering the story. One morning, Stacy was up getting everyone coffee, and when she went through the dining room to the kitchen, nothing was out of place. But when she was making her way back through the dining room, she noticed that the chairs were placed on top of the table. But she didn't go like straight to paranormal. She assumed it was either Kristen or Lindsay because they like to prank each other. But then the chairs toppled to the ground and the other two girls came to see what was going on. Stacy was pissed and stormed off because she thought she was being picked on. You know, like, oh, okay, I'm the butt of y'all's private joke over here. Cool, cool, cool. And you know, that just instantly makes you feel like an outsider, even in the closest group of friends. But life continued on. And since all of them were in their final year, they were mostly inside the house on their own computers doing their work. It's not like they were just writing a paper. They were working on finishing a film, animation, you know, all the stuff. Kristen said for animation, it's usually like 10 hours for one second of good animation. And I am saying, whoo, I do not have the patience for that. No. But thank you for having the patience because I do love animation. Anyway, one night, all three of them were working on their individual projects in their room when the electricity flickered and then went out. Stacy got out some candles and was super frustrated because, you know, that meant that she had lost like the last two hours of work that she had done on that computer. She didn't love the dark, so the candles were a must. And I'm like, I get you. If the lights go out, I instantly will light candles. I cannot have just a dark room. And I will say for her final project, she was filming with dolls and they were like antique looking dolls and stuff. So her room was really freaky and not the freaky deaky kind, just freaky. Anyway, Stacy armed herself with her phone's flashlight and went to look for the other girls. And she kept thinking that she saw a glimpse of them rounding the corner, but every time she would get to that corner, they weren't there. But soon she found them out on the front porch. They wanted to see if it was affecting the whole street or if they had blew a fuse or something. And they found their power box, flipped the switches, nothing happened. But they were kind of spooked to stay outside too long at night. So they went back in and Stacy was like, you know what, my laptop is fully charged. I haven't been on that. You know, she'd been on her desktop. So we can listen to music or whatever, not just sit in silence. So Stacy went back to her room to get the laptop. However, all the candles that she had lit before leaving her room were all out, like extinguished. 
She said that she could just feel something wasn't right. So she used her phone's flashlight to scan the room, and that's when she saw all the dolls that she had as props on the shelf. They were facing the wall. Not at all how she had them displayed before. Dolls are creepy. The older I get, the less I like dolls. 1,000%. Well, she called in the other two, And she was like, look, I am tired of the jokes and this one's not funny at all. This is just creepy. And Lindsay and Kristen were clueless as to what she's talking about, but their blood ran cold when they saw the dolls all turn backwards on the shelf. Kristen promised it wasn't them playing a prank at all. You know, and she's like, we were out on the porch. You saw us, like you came to us. And then she gasped when she had a thought. They had been outside looking at the power stuff and left the front door open while they did it. So what if someone snuck in and now was inside? So they all huddled together and checked room by room to see if anyone was in there. All on edge because they didn't want to have to fight off an intruder, but they would if they came face to face with one. So right at the height of all their nerves and anxiety, the lights came back on and everything was back to normal. I'm assuming or so they thought. Right. Around midterms, the girls were pulling multiple all-nighters a week just trying to get everything done for their classes. So their stress levels were through the roof, and they were more worried about their college courses than anything weird going on at home, really. But sometimes it was just too creepy to not take note of. During the final touches of her film, Stacy started hearing a loud thumping noise. And at the same time, Kristen was FaceTiming her dad and her electricity kind of flashed and had some disruption of their call. But when they yelled to see if something was going on, Lindsay was like, oh, sorry, I was exercising. So maybe because she was jumping and everything, she had caused a thumping and, you know, all the things. So they were like, okay, old house, weird shit happens. They brushed it off, but then Stacy heard the knocking sound a few hours later while she was still up working on her project. And she blamed it on Lindsay, you know, yelled for her to knock it off. And Lindsay was like, okay, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just laying here in bed, but okay, girl. So again, their stress levels were high and they weren't at each other's throats, but it's still just like they were all blaming each other for these incidents. Well, later that night, Lindsay finally fell asleep, but she suddenly woke up wondering why the fuck she was awake again. She looked around and there was a woman in the doorway staring at Lindsay. But as soon as Lindsay blinked, the lady was gone. And Lindsay was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I am way too stressed or something because my imagination has never been that weird. But she finally turned over and went back to sleep. Now fast forward to spring break and both Lindsay and Stacy went back to North Carolina for the week, but Kristen didn't want to make the trip back to New York, so she stayed there and she had a lot of work left to do on her animation. Well, when the girls left, Kristen said she was feeling a little bit unnerved and really didn't want to be in the house alone, but she was like, you know what? I'm a big girl. I can do this. Well, later, Kristen was on her bed reading a book when she heard loud thumps and she could feel the floor shaking. And she was like, oh my God, Lindsay. And then it hit her. Lindsay wasn't in her room exercising. No one else was in the house. Kristen followed the noise and it was coming from Lindsay's room. But when she put her hand on the doorknob, it finally stopped. So Kristen went on with her day. She did tend to stay in her bedroom when the girls were gone because there was always just so much noise and stuff outside. She felt safer in her room. One day, Lindsay sent a text asking if Kristen could go into her room and get a blue notebook because she needed some information from it. And I was like, if that's not me and Carrie, Mm -hmm. 1,000%. 
But Kristen was like, no problem. Bet. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait. Okay. This uh, story has been interrupted to bring you. So, one day at work, we were talking about, like, all the cool terms, you know, and uh-huh. I told them how I couldn't believe you said bet. Okay. Apparently, yeet is out. Like, yeeted you out of the thing. Not cool anymore. We're so lame for saying it. What? Yeah. I love yeet. Can't say it anymore. And the new thing is riz. Like, they got an it factor. Like all the all the oh, like people charisma. Look, so yeah, the they got the riz. Well, and then I couldn't I couldn't figure out if it's they've got the riz or their riz. Unsure. So you don't trust me on this because you could really <laughs> screw this up if you say the and you're not supposed to and or you don't. But yeah, apparently we're lame. Oh well, is skeet 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 out? <laughs> yes, and has been since 2004. <laughs> So Kristen went to Lindsay's room, opened the door, and when she opened it, she saw a woman standing there. Kristen said she can remember every detail about this woman. She was like early to mid-30s, really tall, and she wore pants and like a blouse-type shirt. She had blonde hair that was matted to the right side of her head. And she was like, bitch, you really don't go here. What are you doing here? (laughs) She said that she had like a huge smile across her face, and she had a missing tooth in front. But when Kristen turned on the light in Lindsay's room, there was no one there. It was just Lindsay's graduation gown hanging up. And Kristen was pissed because she was like, this motherfucker knew I'm alone in this creepy ass house and then set me up to go into her room and be scared. Is this the same girl that always thinks that they're like playing jokes on her? No. Okay, I was going to say, because this girl always plays the victim. No, 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 no. That was Stacy. Okay, too many names. <laughs> what is it, my story? <laughs> so Kristen took a picture of the gown and sent a text to Lindsay and was like, the hell, bitch? Why would you prank me with your gown? And Lindsay was like, I wouldn't do that. Um, And I had that hung up in the closet, not in the middle of my room. And so Kristen was like, you know what? I believe Lindsay. She's my best friend. And if she's saying she didn't do it, she didn't do it. But it really didn't make Kristen feel any better because if Lindsay didn't do it, who did? And who was that woman she saw before she switched on the light? She had so many questions and she just felt trapped in that house. So Kristen called her dad for advice. And he was like, okay, maybe it isn't one of the girls. Just make sure all the windows and doors were locked because it might be someone sneaking inside and doing this shit to rile y'all up. And luckily, he was going to be in Atlanta on a business trip so he could go stay with her a few days so she wouldn't be alone. And Kristen said that spring break was so bad because she would literally only leave her bedroom for bathroom breaks. But after dark, she wouldn't even leave her room at all. Well, now you know I could not do that. (laughs) No, you couldn't. Well, one night while she was working on her computer, Kristen heard some weird humming or singing. But they always heard the neighbors and stuff outside. So she was like, whatever, you know, they're just being loud. And then she's like, wait, that's not coming from outside. That's coming from inside the house. And it sounded like it was coming from Stacy's room. Kristen called Lindsay and held the phone against the wall and was like, can you hear this? And both girls didn't know what to do. They're like, yeah, I hear this, but what do you do? Like, is someone in there? What's going on? So Lindsay was like, call your dad. And so Kristen was like, you're right. Let me do that. She was terrified and he could hear the panic in her voice. He also could hear the singing, so he called her brother Kyle and was like, get over to your sister's house. And Kyle, being the older brother he was, wanted to confront whatever was going on because he assumed it was some lady who wandered in off the streets. Well, when he touched the doorknob to Stacy's room, the doorknob was ice cold. 
He thought, okay, that's weird as fuck. But he turned the doorknob. And when he did, the singing stopped instantly. They looked at Stacy's room and no one was there. Kyle checked every room, but nothing was out of place. No one was there. And so he offered Kristen to stay at his place. She was like, no, I have all my shit here for my schoolwork and I have to get this done by this deadline. So I have to stay at the house. Even though everything in her body was telling her to leave, she couldn't. One day, Kristen and Lindsay were FaceTiming each other and just being codependent besties, you know, like all of us. I was going to say, as you do. (laughs) Well, Lindsay looked behind Kristen and saw that her bedroom was open, like Lindsay's bedroom door was open. And she was like, did you go in my room? And Kristen was like, uh, no. She was like, I don't want to go in any of y'all's room. Like shit happens in y'all's rooms. Lindsay was like, um, that door wasn't open earlier, so you have to go and check it out. I'll stay on FaceTime while you check it out. Well, when Kristen entered Lindsay's room, she saw that everything was basically ransacked. It looked like someone had been looking for something. So Lindsay was like, get out of the house. You have to get out of the house. And luckily, just then, Kristen's dad arrived. So he was able to check the house thoroughly, and he even slept on the floor in Kristen's bedroom so she could feel safe. She said that was the first night's sleep she had gotten the entire week of spring break. However, the next day was not going to go smoothly. So her dad had gotten a shower, he was shaven, you know, living his best life. But then he started screaming for Kristen, because written in the steam on the mirror were the words, they are mine. So now her dad is like, okay, something is up. Like, I thought maybe there was a random person here, you know, and y'all just weren't finding them. But, uh, like, I know no one came in here and there is something written in this mirror. When he had to leave, he tried to get Kristen to go back to New York with him. But she's like, I'm so close to graduation. Like, that's all I can focus on. And so she stayed at the house. Luckily, the other two girls arrived back from spring break, and now they were counting down the days until they graduated. They all started packing things up, and it was just a little over a month until graduation. But even though they were looking toward the future, something was still holding them back at the house. Kristen saw the woman again, this time on the couch. She thought it was Lindsay at first, but when she saw who it was or what it was, she says she felt like she was looking at pure evil. And because of all the activity in the house, the girls were so on edge and no one wanted to be alone in the house. And after it ramped up, they set rules to make sure no one was ever alone. So like if two of them had to go to class, the other one who didn't go to class would need to go out too, like to the library, to shop, whatever. Just don't be in the house by yourself. They also started sleeping in the same room and even put like a bedtime in effect so no one would stay up and be in their room. Again, it was just like, hey, we're going to fight this together. And they were just so grateful that all of them, you know, agreed to the rules and were accommodating to each other. Also, they asked Mama, their neighbor, if anything had gone on in their house that they should know about, you know, without saying, hey, we think we have a ghost or something. And Mama's daughter said, uh, the only thing I can think of is a woman who was there before. She was like a squatter and she died from either a drug overdose or a suicide. And she was like, she was some skinny white lady. So Kristen was like, oh shit, what if this is the lady I've been seeing then? So they all started researching protection against spirits and all the things. And Kristen's dad actually called in Ryan's group to investigate. So Ryan and Kim said that they were met with a heavy oppressive feeling as soon as they entered the home. 
So their team got to work, set up all the equipment, but things were actually really quiet that night because isn't that how shit works? Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you move in the chair and it sounds like you farted and you're like, I didn't fart. I was moving in the chair and you try to move in the chair again and it doesn't do anything. It's because you really farted. It was not. (laughs) But they were able to get a really bone chilling EVP. So one of the girls asked, were you the one who was sleeping in my room while they were doing an EVP session? And on playback, they heard a response. It said, while you were sleeping. Well, unless you're fucking Sandra Bullock, I don't want any part of that. (laughs) I knew you were going to talk about that damn movie. Well, Ryan researched the house but couldn't find anything that had happened to the home or anything. It wasn't really old. It was built in 2002. There wasn't really like a long history with it and nothing really tied to the property itself. So Ryan was like, yeah, maybe mama is right and it's a spirit of the lady who was here and died. But there really wasn't any recorded deaths there. But if she was a squatter, I don't know if they would have recorded that at that house. Like, I don't know how that goes. But Ryan and Kim really wanted to give the girls closure and help them feel safe in their home. So they showed them other protection stuff too, like salt circles, herbs to apply to doorways, how to smudge the home, how to use holy water, and they promised that they would get a priest to bless the home. So the girls started doing salt circles around their mattresses and they put their mattresses all in the living room and the salt seemed to protect them. There wasn't any weird sounds going on and so the girls... After a while, we're like, oh, I think it's gone. Whatever was here has been cleansed. So they moved their mattresses back into their own rooms for the week of graduation. Why would they do that? I don't know. But I will say, I don't, I wouldn't want to sleep on the floor. I would want to be back in my bed. But little Donna loved a mattress on the floor. Big Donna? No. Yeah, but if you were doing it for your protection. True. After all that they've, they say they've been through in this house, you wouldn't. You'd be like, damn, Donna big scared. Doesn't matter if I'm big or little. <laughs> I don't know. Being sleep deprived and just wanting some good sleep will make you do some weird stuff. Anyway, Kristen woke up around 1 a.m. to a woman at the foot of her bed. And it was that same woman. And she was staring straight at Kristen. And when Kristen looked around her, she said there were needles and stuff on the bed. Like it wasn't her bedroom anymore. It looked completely different. Kristen was screaming and the other girls woke up and ran to help her out, but they couldn't open the door. So Kristen's on one side of the door screaming for her life. And on the other side, her two friends are desperately trying to get in to save their friend. Finally, they hear a loud commotion and then the door's free. They walk in and the room is destroyed. A mirror had been broken and some of the glass had cut Kristen. There were some slashes on her stomach, her chest, and her arms. And that was it. The girls vowed to never stay another night in that house. Kristen said there is another incident when she was moving her stuff out with her family. Like they didn't stay the night, but they were back trying to get all the stuff out. But she said when they finally closed that front door, it sounded like something ran full force and slammed against it. And she said they heard scratching and growling for a few seconds. And they were like, fuck this and bounced. They yeeted themselves out. <laughs> they did. Now, Stacy and Lindsay didn't move out just yet, but they had their families there to help them move their stuff and all that. So they weren't alone. Since Kristen was out of the house, it seemed like the woman was focused on Stacy and would show herself to sorry and would show herself to her a couple of nights. Lindsay and her family experienced some weird electronic glitches, you know, like things going on and off without being plugged in or anything. Lindsay heard voices when she was alone and also had some things that 
were like thrown at some of her family members. Ron and his team were able to get a priest to bless the house, but it really didn't seem to work because the next people who moved into that house moved out only a couple of months later. Now, I did find Kristen on Facebook. She looks happy, she's married, and she got a new puppy last year. Well, Kristen's stuff was kind of locked down, like on her friends list and stuff, but on her hubby's friends list, I saw that Stacy was on there, and she has a basset hound, but her Facebook was pretty much locked down after that. And then I found, again, through Kristen's hubby's Facebook, I found Lindsay's Facebook account. I didn't see any doggo to report to y'all, but I thought it was cool that they all are still friends. And like, it's just weird to be like, oh shit, like they're all on Facebook. These are all real people, you know? Like, Yes, especially when it comes to paranormal stuff, because me being such the skeptic, it's hard to remember that these are people. Yeah. Because I want to be like, there's no fucking way. Why did they do that? Why would they, you know, why would they do this? Why wouldn't they do that? Because they're human. And it's hard to remember that when you're like dissecting their story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Kristen said that she didn't have anything happen to her after they left the house until the night they started doing the preliminary interviews for the show. She said that she would wake up several times during the night because she kept dreaming about that woman from the house. But this time she wasn't coming like for Kristen. She was trying to get into Stacy's room at her parents' house in North Carolina. And Kristen could see Stacy tossing and turning in her bed and the woman like clawing at the window. Well, the next morning, Kristen called Stacy, and Stacy was like, girl, I slept like shit. I was having the weirdest nightmares of that woman at my window. And Kristen was like, yeah, me too, and described what she had seen. And she described to Stacy what she was wearing in her dream, and it was what Stacy really was wearing that night. They said that kept happening until they finished the interviews. Now, Kristen's mom passed away a little bit after that, and it was pretty sudden, but since then, no paranormal activity has happened to any of the girls, and they're like, I think Kristen's mom is our guardian angel watching over us, making sure nothing comes after us again. I was just thinking, because, you know, it was like right at finals, spring break, all of that, and like, could you imagine if they wrote their professor and they were like, I'm having trouble getting this project done, my house is haunted. Right? Like, the professor would be like, are you fucking kidding me? And again, because if they were like, come over here and experience it, it would be just like when Ryan and his team came there, like, really quiet, all quiet on the Western Front. On purpose. Uh Uh-huh. But honestly, it could have been something residual there or whatever, I don't know. But because of all their stress that they had, it played into it. Yeah, could have. Because when Ryan and Kim said that they felt like that oppressive feeling and everything, I was just thinking of how much these girls were working on their projects and just like how much stress. And I feel like that would feel oppressive. Because sometimes houses just feel like that too, you know? And it's like not necessarily evil. It's just if there's turmoil and stuff, like you can feel that. Meanwhile, that makes me not miss school even a little. Right? how we were talking about Mother's Day. Two of my nephews are in college and, you know, it was like they both moved back home, one in the dorms, one in this little fraternity house, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, have you registered for classes for next semester? You know, it's like all the things. And I'm like, God, some of that, I'm just like, God, I don't miss that at all. No, the anxiety of signing up for classes. No. And just the moving in and out of dorms too. That's a lot. I know my sister asked me if I wanted to come help him move my nephew out of his dorm. And I was like, ooh. Because I I worked and I was like, oh, I'm not mad about working this Saturday (laughs) because I don't want to do this. Oh, damn. Have to work. Sorry. Oh, shucks. 
no, I would have helped if I hadn't didn't have to work. But yeah. still, I mean, you would have helped. You just didn't want to. I but mean, you who would've. wants to move anybody? Not me. Now I'm like, I'll pitch in some money to have you get some movers. I know. Remember back in the day where all it took was like pizza and beer, and now it's yes. like, does this come with a massage after? Because I'm going to need that. Right. Can I get a prescription for Mobic after? Because I'm going to need an anti-inflammatory. <laughs> But really, with all the college stuff, I do understand the one-track mind of like, no, I have to get these projects done. No, I have to get this done. I don't have a choice. Yeah. But I just don't understand how the girls went from like, okay, we're all going to go to bed at the same time. Nobody's alone in the house. We're going to sleep in the same room to being like, hey, I think we can separate now. No, you only had like a month left. Just stay together. Yeah, but you get in that false sense of security. Yeah, but you have a month left. Just stick it out. Easy to say when you're not in that situation. I really think I would stick it out. I would be like, we're already here. I don't feel like moving my mattress again. Okay, here's the thing. If someone was in that situation with you, they'd be like, I have a month left. Let me just go back to my room. I would do that with you because I'd be like, this bitch won't stop fucking snoring. Uh, hey, she ma'am. She says she doesn't need a CPAP, but she sounds like a freight <laughs> train. Ma'am, you snore with your CPAP. So. I do, I do. But I at least work towards getting rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> we have that. You talking about like a dissertation in your sleep. Look, it's it's muffled though. <laughs> it's this. And that would be even worse because I'd be like, huh? 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 I'm a great sleep partner. No, you're not. <laughs> Kobe says it's still the cover too. And I really believe that you it's do. Him. But no. I really but I really think it's him because no. we me and him talked about it and I was like, Yes, it's cause she you tuck under you and then you roll that way. And so all the cover goes. How does it end up in between us though? I don't know about that. How do I end up with cause we just sleep with like a sheet and a blanket? Just a sheet. No, no. Oh. And a blanket. And not like like a comforter, like a blanket. Target quilt. It ends up in between us and I'm wrapped in a sheet. I don't know what you do. Y'all also have eighteen fucking pillows all throughout your bed. Okay, Colby has three his heads on, and he has a wedge at the foot of the bed. Don't know why he has a wedge, but he likes it. Is it mine? Yes. <laughs> well, he has one, and you have one. Oh, okay. So we have two now. <laughs> Don't know why. I have my head on two pillows, and I have two pillows at my feet. One for each leg, long ways. That's what I'm saying. There's too many things. <laughs> I know. I really want Jack to sleep with us, but I don't know where he'd go. Oh, my gosh. I'd feel like I was in prison. If prison was heaven, because those pillows feel good. Uh-uh. I, I had just... Toss and turn too much. Maybe I wouldn't if I had all the pillows, but... Yeah, make yourself a pillow for it, and you just stay put. But then sometimes when you stay put for too long, your back hurts, and you need a Mobic again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else I needed that I got? Some gooder sunglasses. That's so true. I cannot wait till we're in your pool, and I have mine on because they don't slip. That is the best thing ever because, hello... I hate when glasses slip off my nose. We know. It literally sends you into a rage. It really does. <laughs> Some people, the Achilles gets hit by a shopping cart. Donna, her glasses slip. <laughs> but I love it because it hugs your temple, but not in like an uncomfortable way. Right. If I heard you say that, I'd be like, oh, that would give me a headache. But it doesn't. They just have just enough, like she said, so they're not going to bounce off. They're not going to slip. And every pair is 100% polarized. And even better, they're only $25. And they come in the cutest colors. 
cutest patterns and love the names. The names are everything. Got like a kind of tortoisey shell type one that's it's really Colby's, but I've kind of taken them over. I've got a purple pair and then like a, a hot teal one. Like you know how you have hot pink. This is like hot teal, if that makes any sense. Might be aqua. I don't know. But I know the ones you're talking about and I love them on you. It looks great with your blonde hair. But seriously, Gooder sunglasses are freaking amazing, especially if you're active. And let's just be honest, summer is hot and you're going to be sweaty. And again, you don't want your glasses to slip off. Gooder sunglasses are lightweight. They have a one-year warranty and 30-day free returns. And when you go to the website, if you're like, I don't really know what I want, they have an option where you can do find my frames. It'll ask you some questions like, how do you like your glasses? Like a little funky. Are you a fashionista? Are you blah, 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 you know? And you know what I love about them the most though? Is that everything about their company reminds me of something we would do. How they name things. Like even just the option on the little quiz thing. It said, are you athletic? Like go, 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 go. And it said go like 17 times. That's so us. I mean, I'm not active, but I will repeat myself 20 times. That's what I'm saying. Like, did we just name that? Because it sounds like something we would do. And as much as I hate my glasses slipping off, the thing Carrie hates the most is her hair getting caught in her glasses. Gooder sunglasses, that doesn't happen. They have glasses for specific sports. So if you're like me and you're kind of dipping your toe in maybe a little golf, they got golf glasses. One of the golf glasses is called Sand Trap Queen and they are pink and it is to die for. Another one's called It's All in the Hips. And like Donna said, Gooder sunglasses come with a one-year warranty and 30-day free returns. But honestly, I do not think you would need to return these glasses. They are so lightweight and cute and they don't move. I love that. Today, I had my Gooder glasses with me at work and one of my coworkers goes, oh my God, are those your Gooder glasses? And I was like, yeah, girl, she tried them on. They looked so freaking cute on her. Another coworker tried them on. They looked so freaking cute on her. So they are the best for everybody. And they're only $25, which is great. Again, for summer, being outside, doing all the activities, because if you have on expensive sunglasses Mm -hmm. and they break or whatever, you're going to be so mad at yourself, but not with gooder sunglasses. Especially because they're polarized, because usually when you get polarized sunglasses, you're spending hundreds of dollars. Gooders are 100% polarized and only $25. You got to get a pair. You got to go to gooder.com slash creeps. Remember that's plural with an S and use promo code creeps to get free shipping. That's gooder, G-O-O-D-R.com slash creeps, C-R-E-E-P-S. Use the code creeps and get free shipping. Head on over to gooder.com slash creeps and use promo code creeps to get free shipping. And remember that comes with a hundred percent satisfaction and a 30 day money back guarantee. So gooder.com slash creeps, it's plural, use promo code creeps and get free shipping. Okay, y'all, I did not know what the hell I want to do my story on this week. I was like, do I want to do like a wrongful conviction? Like I was trying to think of all that. Do I want to do like another kidnapping dad cup him in the closet for 25 years? You know, like I was like, what do I want to do this week? All of those sound very intriguing. I know. And I Googled, not telling you, and this story popped up. Oh my God, what a tease. Okay, picture it. February 8th, 2005. A guy named Kenneth Allen and his sister, Carrie Allen, were driving on I-70 heading through St. Charles County, Missouri. They were heading west to Las Vegas. Ooh. So a police officer notices that they're driving pretty fast. And they're like, 
um, Kenneth is driving and he's kind of bobbing in and out trying to get away from this police officer. I don't actually think it was like a high speed chase, but like he was trying to not get caught. What? Like kind of did like a turn and like a, you know how the um, trucks pull off to weigh? Kind of pulled off in like one of those to try to get away. Well, the cop, of course, caught him. Oh, don't run. So he goes up and he's like license and registration kind of thing. And Kenneth hands him his driver's license and it's a Florida driver's license. But then there was an Indiana identification card. And then when he asked for Carrie's identification, she said she didn't have any what so he starts to talk to him a little bit they say that they're siblings carrie's like i'm 18 but i don't you know she didn't have any identification on her so this piques the officer's spidey senses because he's like is this some sort of human trafficking yeah did she get kidnapped is she in trouble she can't tell me something just kind of piqued his interest Ken's like, yeah, this is a rental car. Here's my rental agreement. And the officer gets him out of the car, kind of separates him just to see what's up. Yeah. Because again, he's got an icky feeling. He ends up calling for backup and starts asking them questions like, you know, what are you doing? And Kenneth tells them that they're on their way from Indianapolis to Las Vegas and that they were headed there to start a new life. And the police officer's like, well, how long have you been planning this? And he's like, oh, months. Forever. Been been waiting on this kind of thing. Yeah. Well, then when he asks Carrie, her story is not quite the same. He decides that he's going to look in the car. Could he have let him go there then with a ticket? Absolutely. But again, Spidey sense is going off. So he starts to search the car. He had consent. Inside the car, he finds some credit cards, an ATM card, and some driver's licenses with different names. Two names to be exact. Leander Bradley and Betty Bradley. He's like, who's Leander and Betty? And Ken is like, oh, that's my grandparents. They recently passed. And he's like, why do you have all this? And he was like, they wanted me to have it. And he's like, okay. So he goes and looks in the trunk. I mean, I will say, I still have my dad's driver's license and stuff. Yeah, but you're not, it's not like a credit card and all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then he looks in the trunk and he sees a plastic bag, some jeans, and a sheet that had some blood on it. Oh, God. There was also a bag that had jewelry, a purse with some money, and this part was really weird and gross, so I had to tell you anyway, but a, a large, like, Coke bottle. Well, I don't know if it was Coke. Soda bottle. That's my Southern. And it had a lot of cigarette butts in it. Ew! Why ew. that was being saved, don't know. I don't know. I don't need it. I mean, thanks for not littering, but that's gross. <laughs> and that's coming from an ex-smoker. So, this police officer's like, again, this shit ain't adding up. So, he gets on the phone. And he's like, do do boop, 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 boop. So, he sees that, the, you know, these people are from Indianapolis. So, he calls that police department and is like, look, I think you might need to do a welfare check on the Bradleys. If you just committed a crime, why do you run from the police when they're about to pull you over? I don't know. You know how I told y'all we had been watching the night agent? Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes up in it. And he's like, how fast are you going? You know, she's about to get pulled over. And he's like, well, how fast are you going? Why are you speeding? Like, and then she's going to, well, I'm not going to tell you that part. But follow the rules. If you're a fucking, like, hit man, follow the rules. Yes. And I get it. Like, adrenaline's going. You are you think, oh, my God, I just don't want to get caught. And I can outrun them. But you can't. No, you literally never can. They have spikes for your tires. You're not going to outrun them. Yes. You're either going to crash because they popped your wheels or you're going to crash because you lose control and you're going to die. Yeah. Like, either way, you're going to get caught. Like, you're going to run out of road or get caught. Yeah. Or gas. Run out of gas. Okay, sorry. So, welfare check on the Bradleys. So, the police officers get there to do this welfare check. They knock on the door, kind of peep through the windows. Everything seems fine. And so the police officer was like, 
I mean, everything seems cool, but this is really weird for another agency or another, you know, group like law enforcement from another state to call for a welfare check. So let me just get on the horn and see what the hell's going on. On the horn. <laughs> they talk to each other and the original police officer is like, look, I really want to do this check. This is what I came across. They say that all of this, I, you know, I really don't know. Do we ever find out why they kept the cigarette butts? No. Oh my God. Basically, the officers go back. They're knocking a little louder. They're walking around. They don't see anybody. But a nosy neighbor across the street is like, what's going on? What you over here looking at? The police officer is like, you tell me. Like, you seen anything? And he's like, yeah, something's weird. Like, something weird's going on up at that house. They're trying to figure out how to get in. Apparently, the neighbor was a locksmith, but not so good because he tried to help him get in the house and couldn't pick the lock. So then they found a window unit in the window, took that out, and climbed in through the window. Now, the house was a wreck. Like, it was just dirty, but nothing suspicious. So he's, like, looking around, looking around. Then he goes down into the basement, and he sees that there is freshly poured concrete. Oh, no. Okay, so let's talk about Kenneth and Carrie. They're about 10 years apart. Their mom and dad were married until Kenneth was about 14. So I think Carrie would have been about four. Oh, so they really are siblings. Yes, they really are siblings. Okay. Like I said, when Kenneth was about 14, the parents got divorced. The mom stayed in Indiana with Carrie and the dad moved to Florida with Kenneth. Hence his Florida driver's license. After they divorced, Carrie kind of developed a weird relationship with her mom, it seems. They basically said Carrie was treated like an infant, even though she was older. Like, I don't know if it's just me. They meant like she was just babied or like, was it like something way more weird than that? And it was like a baby. But I really think that she just babied her so much. Like Dee Dee, but not... Kind of. Yeah, Dee Dee Blanchard. Yeah. Kind of, I think, like... Not with the illness, but just with the, like... Right. They, she didn't, like, educate her on anything, so she struggled in school. She was made fun of by her peers. One thing I saw mentioned an intellectual disability, but that was only in one article that I found that. But I do think she was behind her peers because of the way she was raised, whether there was an intellectual disability or not. Whereas Kenneth, he had a little bit different of an upbringing. You know, he had grown up, he was 14 when they got divorced and had seen his parents argue like his whole life. They had a lot of money trouble. They had bought a house that they couldn't afford. So they fought about money all the time. And when they got divorced, Carrie and her mom went to live in government housing. And then Kenneth and his dad moved off. So Kenneth had a really hard time in school. He got in trouble a lot. His kind of go-to was fighting. Like that arguing with people, that's just how he functioned. Again, you do what you know, right? Eventually, Kenneth did join the military. But he had an addiction to gambling. And so... He kind of had to do what it took to get the money to gamble. And that led to run-ins with law enforcement. He had some arrests for like theft, fraud, you know, all the things. His grandparents, his maternal grandparents, helped him out a good bit with money. But eventually, they were like, we live on a fixed income. Like, you're on your own. Like, we can't keep giving you money. Like, he gets a paycheck, blows his paycheck at the casino, asks them for money, and then blows that money too. Like, they, they can't afford to keep doing that. Yeah. Nor should they have to do without so he could just... Blow the money. Yeah. Exactly. Well, eventually, Kenneth does get arrested 
for fraud and spends like 17 months in prison, I think. And while he's in there, I think his just anger towards the grandparents for not bailing him out of all his money issues just continued to grow. And after he got out of prison, he moved in with his mom and Carrie. And they lived in a two-bedroom apartment in government housing. Okay, so let's flash back to the siblings are with police. Carrie's talking. She's telling them, like, what types of cars that the grandparents had. And they're like, yeah, these cars are here, but, like, they're not. And it's like Carrie can't take it anymore, and she just basically blurts out, he killed them, and he buried them in the basement. Oh, my gosh. So, Kenneth and Carrie's mom, Sharon Allen, while Kenneth is living with them, he goes to Sharon and Carrie and is like, got an idea. Best I've ever had. Kenneth tells his mom, Sharon, that... His idea is that together they kill the grandparents for their money. And then all their money problems will be solved. They can get out of government housing, all the things. It will be a wonderful life. And Sharon's like, absolutely not. Okay, I was like, oh my God, she goes along with this? No, she's like, I'm not fucking killing my parents. Are you nuts? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said the maternal parents too. Yes. So Kenneth plays it cool and is like... Okay, fine. You don't want to kill him? That's fine. Just joking. It it was just an idea. I just was filling the water. So if you don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) But meanwhile, he's been talking to Carrie and kind of has Carrie going along with it. So Kenneth tells Carrie like, all right, we're going to do this, but we got to kill mom first. Oh, shit. And she's like, why? And he's like, because she knows the plan. Like, we've already talked to her about this. So if we kill them, she's going to know we got to kill mom. Oh my gosh. So I'm not 100% sure about the dates because I think that there was more time between these two dates. But what I have is on December 30th, after Sharon had said absolutely not, and he plays it cool for a little while, they basically wait until she goes to bed. Carrie walks in her room, kind of stands over, makes sure she's asleep. When Kenneth comes in and starts to suffocate Sharon with a pillow. Oh my gosh. He then takes a knife and stabs her multiple times in the face. (gasps) In the face? To his mother. Oh my gosh. After poor Sharon has passed, they take her body and put her in the bathtub. Now, a little bit of time goes by, and I'm not 100% sure how long. Like, some stuff made it seem like, like a week went by, but some stuff based on the actual dates, maybe like a day or so. But what Kenneth did next was call... Betty Bradley, his grandma. And he said, hey, Sharon, his mom, is sick. Can you please come help us take care of her? And she's like, absolutely. Be there in a minute. So she comes over and basically as soon as she walks in the door, Kenneth comes up behind her, puts a plastic bag over her face and suffocates her. Oh my gosh. So now the mom and the grandmother are both dead in their apartment. His mom was 53 and his grandma was 75. Now, based on his plan, if he's going to get away with it, grandpa's going to notice that grandma's not there. Well, and also, how is he going to get his money from just his grandmother? Right. So after they killed Betty, they go over to their grandparents' house. They had taken the grandma's keys off of her so that they could get into the house because knowing that these grandparents were not going to give that man a key to their house because he would come in and steal everything to gamble right leander bradley is 91 years old oh gosh and when they get there he had been taking a nap 
When he finally wakes up and comes out of his bedroom, Kenneth beats him to death with a hammer. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So this is kind of, well, all of this is terrible. The way that these poor three people pass away is pretty terrible. But what happens after this is just terrible to me. Drink every time she says terrible. So the grandpa is kind of like in the bathroom. The two of them stay in this house for a while. Oh my gosh. Because according to the dates, they went to kill Leander on January 3rd. Remember, they're not found until, pulled over until February. Yeah. So there's weeks that they are living in the grandparents' house. One of the first things Kenneth does, buys himself a laptop so he can start stealing all the money. Oh my gosh. He goes on a gambling spree and blows Mm $60,000. $60,000? Allegedly, the grandparents had like $200,000 in their bank account. And this is supposed to last them through retirement. That's a lot of money, but this is supposed to last them for potentially decades. Yeah. For the grandmother, she's only 75. She could live to be 105, you know? But what Carrie does is Carrie goes online and starts chat rooms and meets this woman that she brings back to the house. No. no, 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 nothing like that. Oh, okay. They just like have sex. Meanwhile, Leander, their grandfather is dead just feet away in the bathroom. Oh my gosh. And they're living their life in this house like nothing happened. Could you imagine if you met that person online, went there and then found out that there was a dead body just 50 feet from you no. the whole time? No. Now, when the two start talking to police, because we know that Carrie's the one that breaks first, and eventually Kenneth does too. He is trying to protect Carrie and basically be like, it was all me. And she just kind of was like a lookout. She didn't do anything, yada, yada, yada. But their relationship was so weird to me. Look, I get when they moved in that they had a two-bedroom apartment. They can't just be like, oh, let's go get a three-bedroom. Like, they're low income. Like, I'm not saying that. But something in me went, I wonder what the sleeping arrangements were. Mm. And then I found out that right after Kenneth and Carrie killed Sharon, their mom, they had sex. (gasps) Oh my God. And so I'm wondering if, has he been sexually assaulting her for a long time? Did it happen when he got back out of prison? Like, how did that happen? Right. You know, did they share a bedroom and that's kind of how it started after he got out of prison, like, where did that... That came out of left field. Yeah. And I will say, the only place I saw that was on season one, episode one of Evil Ken. They do this story, and they tell it on that. Oh, my gosh. Because remember, I told you, I, like, looked this up, and I was like, ooh, let's do sibling murders. And I found that, and then I was like, oh, shit, it's got an episode on it. Let me watch this. You know, yeah. and I was like, what? When I heard that. <laughs> So after they've killed everyone and they're just living in the grandparents' house, it's said that because it was Indiana in the winter, it was so cold that they didn't really have to worry about like the bodies decomposing because it was so cold. Because I was like, how are they just leaving them there for so long? After Kenneth had started moving money and getting money and spending money and all the money, he was like, okay, now we got to do something with the bodies. He rented a jackhammer. To create a hole in the basement. Yeah. Then he got a saw. (gasps) Uh Uh-uh. Yep. And took that and Carrie to the apartment. Oh, no. Where they dismembered their mother and grandmother. Oh, my gosh. Like, the level of, I don't even know what, evil. I mean, like, not to quote evil Ken, but literally the, the level of evilness that it takes to dismember your mother and your fucking grandmother. Right. Fuck all the way off. So they took them back to the house in 
bags and then buried them and the grandfather in this hole and then made, you know, cement and covered it. I just think about them living there with the grandfather. Like, he's, like, in the bathroom. Like, they're, like, stepping over him to go to the bathroom. Oh, my Like, gosh. it's nothing. Their grandfather is laying there dead. And it's, like, nothing. Ugh. And so, yeah, while Kenneth did the killing, she lived like this. Yeah. She was just as much a part of it as he was. She knew the plan. She helped him execute the plan. She ran with him. Because after so long, he was like, okay, like, we got the bodies hidden. We got the money. Like, we need to get on the move. Like, people are going to start kind of noticing the missing. Like, we got to get on the move. And he had rented a truck to get all of the supplies and all of that. So he turned the truck in and rented a car. And that's what they were found in when they got pulled over. So the police, of course, got a search warrant, did all the fancy sonar stuff to find out okay, is there really something under here? And then we're able to exhume the bodies. Oh my gosh. So in the end, Kenneth Allen ended up pleading guilty in January of 2010. And he was given life without parole plus 130 years. Now, Carrie Allen was only sentenced to 38 years in prison plus two years in a community corrections program. Like, people were pretty shocked with her sentence because the prosecution had asked for 100 years. But basically, the judge was like... She had cognitive difficulties, the low IQ, and she was only 18. Did she fear her brother? You know, what was going on there? So that's kind of why he was a little more lenient with her. That article that I saw that in was the only thing that said that she had any cognitive impairments. But based on how on Evil Ken, they talked about how she was raised. I'm like, maybe she did have some. That doesn't excuse you killing your mom, grandmother, and grandfather with your brother. Yeah, From what I can find, Carrie is still in prison. It did say that she was eligible for release in like June of 2022, but she's still in there. But when I went to go look up Kenneth, first of all, I realized how much I really don't know states because I kept trying to look up Indianapolis inmate search. And I was like, why is this not working? Why does this keep taking me to Indiana? Like, why does this keep taking me to the Indiana search? Oh my God. This is why every time we do Patreoners and we write it in abbreviations, I have to say, what's IL? Yes. What's IA? What's MS? I'm just kidding. I know MS. That's where I live. Do you know the other ones that you just said? What'd I say? I-L and I-A. Illinois in Iowa. Iowa. (laughs) So I really tried to look up Kenneth to see, is he still in prison? I mean, it's his life sentence, but just trying to kind of look. And I couldn't find him. I don't know if maybe he's died or if I'm just not looking right. And you know, sometimes it's so hard when you're doing inmate search because it wants to take you through all like the weird things. But like I did, like I said, I did the Indiana inmate search. Okay, Indianapolis first, but Indiana inmate search. And when I looked him up, there were like nine or 10 Kenneth Allens that popped up. None of them with his middle name that was Lee. And like four of them said that they had already been released from prison. And the ones that were there, none of them were there for murder. And like some of them weren't even the right ethnicity. So like I'm like, where is he? Is he yeah. in another prison somewhere? I, I can't I can't find him. So if you know, let me know. Because I think Carrie was born in eighty six. So that meant he would have been born in seventy six. So he could be dead. I mean he had a hard life. You know, he yeah. could have died young, but that's real young, you know? Yeah. But just kind of a little funny to lighten the mood whenever I was trying to find Kenneth Allen, because I think it was on Evil Ken, K-I-N. Sometimes they called Kenneth, Ken, K-E-N. And so I was like, oh, well, let me look up Ken Allen and see if that pulls up some more stuff. Very first thing that Ken Allen popped up was an orangutan. What? And so I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
So I had to look this up and I found this on Wikipedia. So I'm just going to tell y'all what Wikipedia said about this orangutan because it cracked me up. (laughs) Apparently, this orangutan um, was in the San Diego Zoo and was super popular. They called him Harry Houdini because he escaped what was supposed to have been like a complete escape proof pen like three times. Oh my God. And he wasn't violent. He was just like out and about trying to say hey to all the fellow animals in the zoo. And so what they did was like, I mean, like this was like a thing. He had like a fan club, t-shirts, bumper stickers were sold, like the whole (laughs) free Ken Allen. It was a thing, like a song was written, (laughs) the whole thing. And so what they did, what the zoo did was, because they were like, what? But see, orangutans, remember, they're smart as fuck. Yeah. So because what they tried to do was just to watch him and see what he does. And he was like, bitch, you're watching me. I'm not an idiot. Exactly like the ghost in mine. Like, oh, you're doing an investigation? Nothing. Yes. So then they were like, okay, okay, okay. We'll put some of these zookeepers in like regular clothes. And he's like, bitch, I know that's you, Felicia. I recognize you. Like, he was not full. Yeah. So they're like, okay, let's hire some rock climbers to find every possible grab mark. Like, every every finger place, every toe place, every spot that he can grab to climb out of here. Let's find this and erase it. Yeah. And so they spent $40,000 to find, like, on rock climbers and to fill all those little holes in. Oh, my To gosh. stop Ken Allen, the orangutan, from escaping. Wow. He was probably like, damn, that would have been an easier path. Why didn't I take that? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Watching. Like, oh my God. I fucking love that. So I know that has absolutely nothing to do with the story, but this story was terrible. And that was a funny little aside that I was like, how did I end up on this side of Google? But here we are. (laughs) And this shit is funny. So thank you, Wikipedia, for that little story. Stop monkeying around. They spent $40,000 to keep that dang orangutan in there. What's so weird is he was born and kept it. It's not like he was brought from the jungle and he was like, get me out of this. Like, this was all he knew. I don't know, but how you said dang orangutan, that just has a good ring to it. It's so hard with cases like this because, like we've always talked about, it's so hard to say that someone's not a victim, like Carrie, Mm -hmm. because she could be. She could have been scared for her life. You just saw this person murder three of your relatives. Right. They'll live in her life like it's golden, bringing a hookup over and all the things, like... Uh, that kind of seems weird. Seems like you're okay with it and maybe not a victim then. Maybe also a perpetrator. And I'm not saying that the police wouldn't have been like, huh, when they pulled him over. But if Kenneth hadn't have sped away, maybe they wouldn't have been so like, wait, why were you trying to evade us? Right. I feel like that would have my spidey senses up a little bit more than just like, oh, you were speeding. Well, and honestly, like, you don't want to be like, here's a how-to guide on how to get away with a crime. But if she would have just had her driver's license. But I wonder, did she even have a driver's license? Yeah. Because it was like that level of control that the mom had on her because of how she was raised. Like, they had such a codependent relationship and she was raised to be needy on her that was then basically just transferred over to Kenneth. Yeah. And so she may not have had a driver's license. But you would think she would at least have a state ID. Not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, if she didn't go anywhere and, like, do anything that she had to have an ID for... You're right. I I don't understand Kenneth being like, okay, mom, 
we're going to kill your parents and take their money. Sound good? Right? Why would the mom ever be like, sure? Yeah. Or, or like, what was your mom like that you thought that would be a good idea? We also don't know how they interacted on the daily because, you know, sometimes you can joke with people, but then you get around someone else and you make the same joke and they're like, whoa. And you're like, oh, yeah, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, but it's never like, let's kill your parents well, for their money. Well, no. Like, here's my plan. Well, that was a wild ride. But like you said, that's what's so hard about these cases because you don't really know, is she truly a victim or is she playing the victim because it's a way to get a lighter sentence. Yeah. But y'all let us know what y'all think. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, all the things. And remember, creep it real and don't, don't get scared. scared.